Hello, hello. Hello, welcome to Rainbow Notes NYC. Welcome. Welcome this lovely Thursday rainy evening. It's not raining anymore. Anymore. At least not in here. Yeah, it's hot. The tropics are in here. Yes. Amazon. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we get to forget about the weather outside and we come into tropical land. Tropical land. Yeah. I'm Jules. And I'm Gabriel. Welcome to Rainbow Notes NYC. Yeah. And today we have... Dun, da, da, da. We have a very special guest for you. Yes. Would you like to introduce him, Gabriel? There's yes. a little bit of a we bio. We have here the Dusty Rebel. Say hi, Dusty. Hello, everyone. Hey. Hello. He's he a professional. so good on radio. Wow. Yeah, you look great on radio, too. <laughs> I have a face for radio. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Go ahead. What, me? Yeah, you what have a great me? speaking voice. Uh, His well, little bio. the Dusty Rebel. His little bio. His little bio. Uh, <laughs> 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 My little bio. His little bio. Okay, um, Dusty Rebel's little bio. He's a New York City-based photographer behind the website, The Dusty Rebel. Shaped by his background in anthropology, he has built a worldwide following documenting the more marginal aspects of the urban landscape. Oh my God, does that include Jules? Yeah. Um, as well as a contra- <laughs> as controversial, <laughs> controversial uh, artworks, political protests, and city living. There you go. Thank you so much for being here and taking the time out of your busy ass yes, schedule. Thank you. To fit us in. Hi, Dusty. How are you doing today? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Are you melting yet? I'm totally melting. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Well, take the sweater off. We're going we're gonna to lose, we're gonna lose sw- five pounds. <laughs> it's going to be fabulous. Yes. Well, you know what? At least you'd be like, yeah, I went on this radio show, but I lost five pounds, even yeah. though it was really hot. That Stop. would be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that doesn't happen to us, though. No, it we doesn't. We do this shit every week. <laughs> you would think that we would lose five pounds <laughs> each wish. week sitting in here. <laughs> yeah, sorry to break it to you, but... <laughs> fine i'll go running tomorrow (laughs) so i always like to start off with the interviews asking about yourself your background and shut up um tell us a little bit about your childhood about where you grew up (laughs) um why are you laughing at me (laughs) tell us about your childhood tell us about your mom (laughs) (laughs) how did you end up like that (laughs) My mother. <laughs> Isn't that the case, usually? Oh, my God. Anyways, so please, give us a little bit. Yeah, well I grew up here in New York. I grew up outside of New York in Long Island. Uh, both my parents were, their families originally from Brooklyn and Queens, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a first generation raised out there, and I basically ran back here as soon as possible. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> so they so were part of, part of the white flight? Uh, yeah, actually. Mm. Uh, well, m- at least I think the Italian side was. Okay, um, and you they came were back to gentrify. I- yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if they would have kept the houses, well, it would have been fine because they were like, let's sell everything. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I grew up in, in a very kind of conservative town in, in Long Island, uh, and I wanted to get away as fast as possible. And so as a kid, I used to sneak on the train and come into the city since I was like 13, 14. You mean you're younger. not a conservative? Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, thank God for that. What? Yeah. Thank you, God. Thank yeah. you, baby like Jesus. That. No, no, never. Black baby Jesus. Uh, so, yeah, so since I was a kid, I, w- I basically used to sneak into the city and, and very much like where I spend most of my time 20-something years later is very much similar to where I was spending my time back then. I where? Would, I would run into uh, Greenwich, uh, Greenwich Village and spend a lot of time in Washington Square Park and East Village. And, you know, back then, that's where y- you'd have to kind of do your uh, sort of trail of record stores in order to get your rare imports. And, you know, everything, there was no web. It did, nothing like mm-hmm. that existed. So you found the few weird friends you had in maybe your town, maybe the town over, and then you sort of ran around and tried to find cool things. Mm-hmm. And it was not as easy to find cool things back then. So yeah. Right, Rebel Rebel. Yeah. That was a good store. Yeah. <laughs> on Christopher Street. And Kim's and yeah. I don't know that Yeah. West 4th so. Street. I'm too young for that. Oh, I heard about them. I've, <laughs> I've been told. You so know, <laughs> Kelly knows all those stories, so I hear I hear it all the time from him. I, I know nothing. Kelly's a friend of the show. Yes, okay. Kelly's a big, a, a good friend of the show. Oh, my yes. God, he's going to kill me that I said Big and Kelly in the same sentence. Oh, my God. So, anyways, um, Dusty, why 
Dusty Rebel. Now that we just transition into Rebel yeah. Rebel. Rebel Rebel. Rebel, uh, Rebel. Okay, so it's a bit of a convoluted story, so I'm just going to explain it as uh, concisely as possible. Okay. Thank you. Um, so well, we only have 50, <laughs> 50 minutes. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> no, basically, uh, in the in the early days of the internet, uh, when we were creating a blog, uh, when blogs were sort of sort of popping up, that was it was sort of a nickname I, I kind of created for myself or sort of like a handle. Mm-hmm. And when we, in the very early, maybe 2003 or so, I started a blog with several friends and that was my name on it. And the name sort of came from playing with the idea of uh, passive and active at the same time. So uh, at the time, Ooh. right? Ooh. <laughs> no, but at the time you had, it was the height of uh, the Bush administration and the uh, trying to stop the Iraq invasion of Iraq. And so we were beginning to do a lot of organizing on the web. And so the idea of being rebellious, but also sitting in front of a computer all the time getting dusty. So that's the idea oh. of Dusty Rebel. And so okay. while we would spend a lot of time sitting and organizing, we also were out in the street doing stuff. And, sen- and as a street photographer, it translates over because I document a lot of rebellious behavior, mm-hmm. but also I spend a lot of time out on the streets getting dirty, you know, getting I, doing my shots and stuff. But also you spend a phenomenal time still in front of a computer editing. And, and so it, it plays with the whole idea of like, being dusty and, and rebellious, and but also like stuck in front of a computer and very collecting dust. Very It's clever. so abstract and bizarre, but people like the name, so yeah. it works. Yeah, it works. I mean, it also made me think of like chickens. You know how they like to <laughs> roll around in the dirt and <laughs> they get dusty? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So when are the dusty chickens? <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. I mean, so there, there's some that I have you seen uh, a Chicken Little or no? The other one. What other chicken? I forget. Oh it's the one about the rebel. There's a rebel one who There's wants to fly. There's a rebel chicken who wants to fly. I'll know. get back to you. Okay. <laughs> I'll get back to you. But Sahid. but that's really clever. Yeah, I really I really like the name. Um, one of the first times that I think that I heard of you, I was actually part of this underground um, photography thing that they were showing in Chinatown, um, and I kind of heard through. I heard about you through other artists, and that's when I looked you up, and I looked up Jilly Ballistic. Hi, Jilly, if you're listening. Hey, Jilly. Hello, um, Jilly. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I really admire your work, and I'm really excited that you're here. Thank yes, you. we are both. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, when I started uh, as a photographer, I'd been do- doing photography for years, but I didn't really necessarily make it uh, public. Mm-hmm. And so I was sharing a lot of my photos through privately to friends on Facebook, and so... You know, the more that they wanted to share stuff, particularly during, um, you know, I had been developing various se- series that pretty very much are what you see now. Um, but during the Occupy movement, a lot of people wanted to share what was happening because I had an office down there. And so I would shoot the Occupy camp all the time. And so that's when I decided to make a site and sort of create a whole little universe for the Dusty Rebel because people wanted to share the photos. And I really didn't want to make everybody my friend or make it public because mm-hmm. I try to keep some privacy. And... Uh, I never really expected anyone other than my friends to know who I was or what I was doing. So it was kind of a surprise the more the outside world mm-hmm. sort of like found me or yeah. like would even know me. It was, you know, I was out shooting one day and years ago and I remember this guy just like coming up to me like, are you Dusty Rubble? <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, weird. Was he gay? <laughs> I, uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, it's first the gays and then once the straights know about you, it's... <laughs> you've made it. Like it's true. Gone, yeah, he, he's very, uh, he's very, you know, ahead of the pack. This guy. <laughs> yeah, it's usually first the gays, then the trendies, and then you know, and everyone then everyone else. else. Yeah, and then everyone else. Yeah. Well, my, you know, the people who follow me because I shoot so many different things. I think the people who follow me kind of come in waves uh-huh. depending on what's going on, um, and then I lose a lot of followers depending on what's going on. Mm-hmm. So you know, mm. um, for example, when when Black Lives Matter movement started to come about and I was shooting a lot of those protests I would lose a lot of certain followers that were I guess not you know because I I shoot an eclectic amount of things so Mm -hmm. if you're following me for one particular thing you're you're kind of on the ride for all the other things that I'm going to be shooting you mean like if you shoot the clan then you lose the black lives matter uh well that could happen I guess Uh, but there's a lot of clan movement up here Uh, oh there actually there is is, but they don't they don't they don't usually come out in public the same the same way at least in in Manhattan the you know they they stay in their little yeah they're in Brooklyn yeah well yeah they're in Greenpoint Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, Greenpoint has a huge the uh, Proud Boys neo-Nazi yeah uh, movement. Okay. I would know. I lived with one. That that silence is me shocking. Is me being shocked and shock is just people like can't in my see brain silence right in the radio. I know they. What you know what this? <laughs> th- I'm shocked. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, it's this is it's a terrible thing, and they look they look like any other hipster. So be yeah. careful. 
Be Not careful. every hipster Beware. is your friend. Beware of the hipsters. <laughs> true and by the way so you have these series right and you're on your website you have different like multiple uh themes that you explore and so you have artists um but not visual artists but more like performance artists um and it's a long list and and they're very good are these shows that you get um paid to shoot or are these shows that you attend and then you shoot or do you have some relationships with certain artists do you mean the stage performances yeah the stage performers uh some of the stage performers that that is where uh i actually get paid is, is shooting more of the mm. stage I, i've been shooting uh salty brine for many many years okay. so you'll see a lot of photos of salty brine uh he's a good friend of mine uh, he does an incredible cabaret performance. Yeah. So I've been cabaret. so I've been shooting salt. Well, next time salty has a show, I'll let you know. <gasps> oh please. Um, so yeah, I've been shooting salty for many years, and then there's other you know, the the, the stage performances, the production shots are generally the where people actually will pay me money. Oh um, nice. And then some of them are uh, friends who I just go to their shows and I you know can't help myself but take a shot and then I get you know uh, get something out. Yeah, because so I saw Penny Arcade, Penny I saw Arcade. Justin Vivian Bond. Yeah, um, I shot Justin Vivian Bond many times over the year. And dun dun dun. Diamanda Galas. Oh, I uh, love Diamanda. Oh, oh, my God. That's it. I'm done. Guys, Jules, I'm out of this show now. <laughs> let me just tell you. Because I've been, Gabriel is a diehard fan. And I, I've not been allowed to play Diamanda Galas, but one's here. Yeah, she's for fantastic. the Halloween show. She's amazing. Anyways. Yes, I was. Did you go see her at yes. the the? Well, the, do you have the, the shot, pictures from the, the murmur? Yeah, the shot I, uh, from that. The shot that's on the site is from her Halloween. Yeah, show. I was. I, I haven't was seen there. her since her valentine's bloody massacre show yeah. uh, and i s used to see her i saw her several times at joe's pub back when i first came back to new york and i was super poor in fact one night the first night i saw her there i saw she was playing and i had n like no money i was really really like can't really afford food and mm -hmm. i basically gave up my food money to buy a ticket to joe's pub where you still have to buy like two drinks yeah because I had to see her. That's and that's how you do it. And it was amazing. And I was like, I don't care. I don't eat pizza for a week. Fine. You know? Fine. <laughs> you know? Because that's all I could eat was <laughs> how poor I was. So keeps you thin. Yeah. Kept you thin. One slice of pizza. Um, but uh yeah, did you see her? Did you see the thing that she had at the I at missed the, that. Oh. I was really I was like, how did uh, I miss it this? I follow so her good. on every platform you can. I used to be on the mailing list and I didn't know about I was really I, upset about I that. I sent Jules a little bleed. Yeah. Uh, I sent you a little bit yeah, of that, right? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Anyway. It was great. So I was very curious. Do you know her? Do I know her in person? No, I would uh, love to know her. Really she scares know her? she scares the shit out of me, but I would love to know her. She's cunty, yeah. Um but, but I mean great, she's just you know. she is intense. She yeah. is she is she when you see her live, the the intensity of her is just overwhelming and when i yes. saw her at joe's pub the only seat that was available was um a seat like basically at her feet yeah and i was basically sitting right there you were and looking it was up at her, like i had i was never so scared in my life and i loved every second of it yeah, yeah. She's, she if you don't know who she is you should look her up you should she's look important her up. she's an important artist she's important mm -hmm. to uh history to to queer history and everything else you just should know who she is yeah so go look her up it was great the thing that she did in the east village it was this film and and you know the film is basically just like her vocal vocalizing and then there's some images but the thing is 27 minutes long and they it ran in a loop three times and so some of us did see through sit through the whole through the whole thing and then she did an interview and it was really funny when she said like well there's music that i make but that I wouldn't want to sit down and listen to, <laughs> <laughs> much less three times in a row. And we was like, mm, well, yeah, well. I mean, she has a lot. You know, she does the jazz stuff. She does the. She has this opera. We're like going to make a whole show about Diamanda now. But she, you know, that opera. Yeah. But she also what you always want a Gabriel. lot of her work with with um, ACT UP and, and that was referencing the AIDS crisis mm -hmm. and that was exploring death and that very very dark period is very powerful and yes. you have to be in a certain place to listen to a lot yep. of it even yeah. when she's exploring late stages of death through through aids it's it's yeah. it's, in, it's intense stuff it's not what you listen to just to like hang out and relax after well, it depends who you're hanging out with yeah, yeah. Unless you're I, I do listen to that yeah. um and shrine 27 is actually about hep c um in a, in a hospital a while back when they were doing really cruel stuff to people um, but on a cheerier note, you also <laughs> have these pictures <laughs> of street art. And um, do you follow the street artists? 
Yeah, so uh, the street art is funny because the, the Dusty Rebel, when it first started, was not necessarily supposed to be this like street art thing. But um, I was shooting street art for years because I really liked it. And there was I liked the ephem- ephemeralness of it, that you mm-hmm. would find something, go to lunch and see something, and it could be gone you know, when you yeah. came back. And so when I first started shooting street art, you have to, it was pre-Banksy's, um, not the recent trip, but the l- last trip that he came here. It was mm-hmm. before street art like exploded to a degree that like now there's like a thousand Instagram accounts documenting yeah. street art. So when yeah. I, you know, there was really just like a, a, a healthy handful of people that were doing it. Um, so when I started shooting it, I was like, well, I, you know, you know who the artist is. So I would really do a lot of work, figuring out who the, all, all the artists were and creating a data, basically a database of street artists where you could come and look up everybody. And it was very much curated by myself, obviously. Um, but who I, whose work I liked. And so, um, and what started to happen was the more I did it, and because I'm OCD with my metadata and the way I tag stuff. Totally are. Yeah, the that's Intel great. And it's awesome. It's great. <laughs> a lot of the artists started to come to me and be like, hey, you <laughs> shot my stuff. And, it, you know, before I knew it, I sort of like started to know mm-hmm. a lot of them. And then I kind of got absorbed into the, the street art community, shooting the artists when they're putting their work up. And, and you know, I also try to be really thoughtful about what, what they're doing, why they're doing it. That That was what I was really curious about. And so... The street art thing just sort of took over the site in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. What about the dildos hanging in Red Hook? Aren't those great? Yeah. You, you saw I have a series who, with that, right? Yeah. Who goes around throwing dildos on wire? They, Why they, wouldn't they, you? I know. <laughs> and, well, you know, if it they're was Texas, though. you could go. They're expensive. And in Texas, there was a law. They were illegal. Yeah. You could you get arrested. You have to carry a license to be able to carry them in Texas. Yeah. I don't know who's doing the dildos. They've been going up for a while. Yeah. Um, but you, I mean, yes, they're expensive, but then you could buy them on. Oh, um, you can buy them used <laughs> on Queer Exchange. You know what? Maybe you break up with someone and you steal theirs. And yeah, and that's throw it, it up, throw that shit up yeah. in front of their house. Yeah. You'd be like, <laughs> "That's right, should gotcha, know bitch. better." Yeah. You don't have me. You don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I um, I wanted to know what was the first piece of street art. Speaking of pieces. Speaking of pieces, street art that actually inspired you and why. So that would be in the um, in the nineties. Definitely in the 90s, uh, very early 90s. I used to come in, and I don't know, maybe it could have been late 80s, but definitely early 90s. Um, my uncle had an apartment on Bleecker Street, and I would come in and spend time with him. And sometimes when I was just sneaking in, um, the Mosaic Man, so Jim Powers mm. in East Village, oh, the yes. Mosaic Trail, that's been around since the mid-80s or so. And I just saw that, and I was really struck by that. Because yes. I was like, wow, somebody's like putting mosaic tiles all over the lamppost. This mm-hmm. is so cool. So it really stuck in my head is like, who? because I was so curious. Who was doing this? Why were they doing it? Were they allowed to do it? Like, how do they do it? So uh, that was my first, that, and then, you know, seeing random uh, graffiti. I just really liked random graffiti, particularly in bathrooms and on desks. I like the idea of people using public space to communicate back and forth mm-hmm. with, each, with mm-hmm. each other but I- in terms of proper actual street art the mosaic man was the first thing that really struck me and when i first met him i was so excited to actually like meet him and, and to photograph him and i've you know photographed him many times over the years now um so that was the really what always stuck in my head is like the first thing that really kind of made me curious and kind of pay mm-hmm. attention and once you are aware of street art you basically can't stop seeing it um yeah but now, you know, I, I think the quality in New York of street art has kind of declined a lot. And mm-hmm. so I don't find myself I don't find myself finding as much that I want to photograph as I as maybe used, used to. Because mm. I really like I like artists who make original work. I like artists who make one of a kind that are unique, um, pushing the boundaries of what street art is. I really can't I really don't like um, mass produced Xeroxed you know, vapid work that doesn't mean anything. That's mm-hmm. just kind of like spam. Yeah. I'm not really interested in shooting that. Yeah. I mean, and I think with those, with that kind of art, it's like you just cannot not see it. It's out there. It's just like advertising, really. I oh mean, yeah. it's so, in a way, it's like an assault to the senses, right? You are walking around and they're taking up public space that you just... And I've pulled back from even shooting uh, murals. Um, I don't really shoot murals as much anymore. Um you know, muralism has sort of eaten the street art scene, and most mm-hmm. people primarily think of murals. <laughs> <laughs> that was me eating the scene. That was not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they've kind of eaten up the street art scene, and they're a very different thing. Uh, muralism is a very different art form that, uh, you know, it, we could go and have a whole show just mm-hmm. about muralism mm-hmm. and what the difference is between that and illegal, uncommissioned work. So um, I'm more interested in illegal, uncommissioned work that's put up in a unique way, one of a kind. 
uh, or has a or has a really interesting narrative or story behind it. Yeah. And do you want to go to a song break? This is, I believe, a song that you sent in. Yes, it because, is. Because, you know, it was... We want our guests... We want our yeah, guests. To also have an input in the show. Yeah. And uh, this song is by Huggy Bear. And the name of the song is Her Jazz. Huggy Bear called themselves Girl Boy Revolutionaries, both in reference to their political philosophy and the gender makeup of their band. All of them. Yep. The Huggy All Bears. Of them. Um, Queer core. Yeah, with them uh, here. Her jazz. Welcome back to Rainbow, Rainbow Notes, Notes NYC. NYC, and we have the Dusty Rebel with us. Yes, Hi, I'm fanning myself with a Barbara Streisand album right it's now because it's so hot in here. <laughs> I bet you wish you could see I him now. Am dying. <laughs> it really, you know what? This is this is one of our lighter days because it's only 86 degrees in here instead of 91. And people who know me know that I do not like to be hot. Oh, yeah. you don't, but, but you are. But you are. Oh, thank you. Uh. So I don't understand. <laughs> You all are missing. Uh, you're missing a whole lot, you know. But but we are here to describe it to you, <laughs> and and you can live vicariously <laughs> through our voices. Yes. So the Dusty Rebel or Dusty, when Dusty. you are not being Dusty Rebel, what what are you up to? Other than eating nachos and uh, <laughs> 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 watching Drag Race. Yes. Uh, Which you're missing. Oh today my God! Who's your favorite? Here. I don't have a favorite. You don't have a favorite yet. No, not yet. It's kind of like. Uh, mm. you know, well, I like them all. They're, they're, no, there's a lot of good ones. I just no, you don't. You don't. Know. Well, no. Uh. <laughs> oh my God! That was such a lie. You don't like them all. You couldn't possibly. You should provide liquor if you want honesty. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, don't tell the precedent. <laughs> Trust me, if we could, we would. Madame President. Uh, but yeah, tell us. What do you do? Go. You guys. You, you, you like your drag race. <laughs> you like your drag race. 
Did what you like all stars? You know, I have, a, I have a lot. I have a lot of al- uh, albums. I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of music too. No, but I have a lot of uh, animals. I have a couple of dogs and a couple oh, of cats. Oh, you do. What other names? Uh, there's two dogs. One's named Jameson, and the other one is Guinness. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> and then there's two black cats named Nick and Nora. And, uh Yeah, and I have a, a garden, so I ha- spend a lot of time in my garden and take care of my birds. I'm I'm like a crazy animal person. You yeah. have birds? Yeah, like in the garden that I feed and then they Oh, all but not in a cage. No, 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 no. Okay. No, I have a a really nice um wasn't judging. I have a nice group <laughs> of morning doves now. There's about 12 of those and you know, I have all my little You mean pigeons? Well, the morning doves, they are related to pigeons. I love pigeons. As okay. you may have seen with my people yes, with pigeon series, yes. I, I, I tried a little to, freaky. I tried to get the pigeons to come down the garden, but they don't really like to come into that kind of sp- alcove kind of garden space. But the morning doves really like it. So now You I mean like the pigeons refuse your food? They <laughs> n- Pigeons like to use certain kind of spaces. And oh. they, need, they also need to be able to escape if there's a hawk or something that comes. So certain garden spaces aren't going to be really, uh, pro- like pigeons are just not going to feel comfortable coming down into them because they can't escape as easily okay you but come, they like come that to washington you square park with me and i will i will teach Educate you all you about, about the, the pigeons. pigeons and like we'll know when the hawk comes i'll show you where the hawks are we'll, yeah like you learn their language when when it's a hawk when it's a, when it's a sky predator versus really a ground predator yeah huh because they're not afraid of us i mean <laughs> no well, well, they, they do well not pigeons know. are actually they're sort of like these feral animals that are domesticated you know they they lived with us everywhere there's a pigeons because we brought them there so they're we have uh. a very uh i forget the word for the, our relationship but it's the same thing with like cats and stuff they're kind of like we're like have a co- copacetic parasitic relationship or yeah something like that. yeah yeah they eat everything that we drop well, that's why they started to live with us. Yeah, we started agriculture, and they were like, "Wow, look, food." Look, same thing with cats. They're These like, bitches hey. throw crumbs everywhere. <laughs> These people are messy. Let's messy just why, eaters, yeah. why are we even doing any work? Exactly. That's why they're like rats. Yeah. We're wings. I guess. Right? No, yeah. is that, is, no, pigeons are very they smart. They are. They were used for you know when they started to live rats with us. Rats are very smart too. Yeah, but pigeons we actually use them for communication. They they helped us in World War One and Two. You can use can't you? No, you can't see. No? But they were there. There were. There <laughs> I were, mean, why not? You can teach them. There no? are pigeons that were awarded like medals of honor for helping us in the war. Yeah. Oh wow! Is, yeah. So is this what you're so like cultivated when it comes to like pigeons and people and because because that is like that is like my favorite thing when I check your Instagram when you put up these pictures. But I'm like, how do they? How do they like? coexist together like that because they seem so cozy the pigeons well, well the they person? are the, yeah each, the the pigeons that food. when you have um well there's food and but there's also like those ones are a lot in washington square so i started documenting the washington square park pigeon people uh with paul probably like eight or nine years ago so paul's the the bird man oh. uh the pigeon man of washington square park and he's been doing that for many like 14 maybe 15 years now I'm surprised he hasn't died of meningitis. <laughs> but they're they're very friendly, and the more you spend time with them, like there's certain birds that are like my birds, so they're used to like uh, boyfriend was one of my birds and uh, Gracie, and you know their names, and they they attach to certain people, and they just know you, and yeah. So a friend a friend of mine got a yeah. pigeon, some sort of bird like pigeon like uh-huh. thing that was <laughs> what was he doing? As a pet. Oh. Um, no, <laughs> it, it, no, he got it as a pet, and um, I named it meningitis. Oh my yes. god, you're horrible. Why? You're, I, you know what? It was the cutest thing. Meningitis. <laughs> yeah. Come here, meningitis. Mene- meningitis Come flew here, away. Meningitis. Yeah. Maybe meningitis also shat all over the apartment. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing about birds. But he he had it free, you know, like a, a loft in Bushwick. Um, Let's just say when they were cheap. No, not even oh. recently. Oh, I would yeah, not have a expensive. I know, and they loft. have bed bugs now. Oh it, my it god! It teased the season. Can by we? The way. <laughs> can we get away from the topic of shitting and bed bugs, please? Thanks. <laughs> Flying um, bed bugs. Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> I get. Um, how does your queer identity inspire or conflict oh. with your work? Sorry, what? we were we, we started um, this y- Kelly, you know Kelly, our friend, friend of the show. We're gonna start. You can ask your question in a minute. Don't look at me like that. Ooh. We have a segment called Kelly says, and so Kelly says or Kelly asks, where did they pin the medals on? He's asking for a friend. Oh, but <laughs> with the oh pigeons. yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's a good question. Thank you, Kelly. You know, I'm not sure what they would get where it would get pinned, but um, I know that the dead. 
one of the pigeon's dead bodies is still in the Smithsonian. So you can With see. the metal through its heart? Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe that's why it's there. I didn't know that I was going to get grilled on pigeon history today. <laughs> Me neither. I would have read my books again. <laughs> you would have read up on it. <laughs> I would have reread up on my pigeon history. <laughs> well, it's a good question. I'm a failure. <laughs> no, you're no, not. No, you're fine. <laughs> you're, you're fine. What is the queer art of failure? That's what you are. The queer art of failure. Yes. It's good. You should it's look that up. Yeah, it's a good essay. Yeah, it is All a really right. good essay. Now I got to read. Great. Yes. <laughs> well, aren't you like background anthropology? Isn't that what your bio that's, says? That's what I Yeah, what, aren't you a I professor? Studied. No, I'm not a professor. <laughs> An educator? Uh, I, I studied anthropology in undergrad. And the more that I kind of looked at my photo work, I realized how much of it was actually anthropology in mm -hmm. some ways. Uh, that it was... That I wasn't just photographing stuff, but that I was sort of doing field work and kind of trying to understand, you know, it wasn't necessarily that I was aware that I was doing this, but when after years of doing it, I was like, holy shit, I'm actually doing field work in some weird way. You know, like I spend time with the pigeon people, trying to understand them, who they are, what they're doing, why are they doing it? Same thing with street artists. And, and so I, I often explain to people that I bring... Uh, my anthropological background, this, the, what I learned through anthropology to my photo work. And there's actually a lot of right. photographers who had backgrounds in social science or mm -hmm, anthropology. Mm -hmm. um, but the great thing is that you put the narrative in images, so yeah. it's, it's, it's up for people to interpret them in their own way. The issue that some people have with anthropologists who put words to their work is that they actually define and tell people who they are yeah. and that's kind of one of the issues with at least with traditional well, white anthropology uh, colonist anthropology one of the things i took away from anthropology and you have to understand i went to school in the 90s so it's been a while but one of the things that i i, I took away from it that i i really carried away from it was that anthropologists and humans in general have always been trying to find the answer like what is this what is that one of the most fascinating why i liked anthropology is that humans are um we're very hard to be put in boxes mm -hmm. and so we try to understand so like with kinship for example you try to understand like well w what is mothers and brothers and uncles and aunts and cousins but like we assume that we know what these things are but then you have different societies where they have those terms mean different things and how you define what is a cousin is different in different in different societies, different cultures. And even, you know, the one thing that anthropologists were hoping was like the universal would be like the mother. And like even that, for the most part, the mother is kind of the universal, like the woman who, you know, the woman that gives birth to you is the mother, right? Type well, thing. but you have the voguing houses where the mother well, I is mean, not a woman at all. Well, you know, but that's a different, that's a different thing. I'm talking about like kinship. The, I'm talking about like the way you think of your blood, blood relatives. Blood lines, blood, okay. Yeah, I'm talking about like kinship. I'm not talking about like, like, oh, I was really close to this guy growing up. He was my father's best friend. He's my uncle. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm talking about, oh, like, yeah. uh -huh. the way you conceptualize family in mm -hmm. terms of kinship. We could go off on that forever. <laughs> so anyway, the point, of the, the point of the matter is that uh, what I like about it is that there, at least what I took away from it, is that you're, I'm trying to understand what's going on somewhere, but I'm fully aware that it's my perspective that I'm, I'm yes. pulling away. As a photographer, that's very clear to me because when you edit photos, I have the, I have the ability to create reality reality mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. because i can take 17 frames of you and a friend talking on a corner and i can pick one that looks like you're having a fight when you really you were having when you're laughing it would be easy with jokes right so yeah. you you <laughs> there's i feel that way when i'm editing photos particularly mm -hmm. at protest or certain you know you i could get a good shot but if i feel like it didn't represent what i felt like was happening in that, that moment or it could be misinterpreted i right. may not publish you can take it. it away yeah you know if it looks looks different than what I think was actually happening. So, you know, you, you have to keep that in mind. Um, yeah. And just to respect to the question that I asked before Gabriel. Okay, go ahead. Before Kelly, you know, texted his question. Go ahead. Was how, does your <laughs> how does your <laughs> career identity <laughs> inspire or conflict with your work? I don't think it conflicts at all um, that I can think of. Which identity? I'm sure he has many. I said queer identity. Oh, sorry. Okay. I, said, I thought you said <laughs> your identity. Anyways. Uh, but in terms of my, my <laughs> queer identity, um, it certainly informs my work because I think it's incredibly important to document the queer experience. And I think it's important that queer people document their experience. Mm -hmm. um, I know that certain things that I, I like to shoot um, various you know whether it's whether it's protests that have that 
have to do with LGBT rights or if it's the drag march or, you know, different things like that. There's though th- that experience, I think, is really important. And I, th- you know, now we have a, a, an army of Instagram accounts documenting and shooting mm-hmm. stuff. And of queer people. A lot of people claim to be queer nowadays. And I mean, I'm not the arbiter of queer, but. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I always liked that term because I didn't like I don't like being boxed. And yeah. I think my my whole as a as a human, I've always wanted to get away from being. I don't like when people shove me into to boxes. It kind of it was always kind of made me feel like I was suffocating a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, queer, I like it because it's kind of it gives me room to be what I want to be in the moment and not feel you know if my attractions switch or change or if my even the way I think of myself you know uh, not that I'm a trans person but like if I have a you know I like the freedom of 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 having the freedom to play with my own gender in my head mm-hmm. and and the way I, I just I don't like being boxed it really irritates me um so that's why I've, and also you know I have had relationships with uh women primarily with men but it's like scandalous i know <laughs> but then Very you know scandalous. the last time i was on a radio show was about bisexual men and even that is like well, i don't know if i necessarily consider myself bi. it's like you have to send there's so much explaining that you have to do yes. well you oh know my God, to do. Yes. you kill one dog and they call you a dog killer but it's just That's like just you have to you have to explain it and so even if you know and then you just constantly are having to explain to people and then you have to go into like nuanced detail about what you may find attractive or your sexual history that's like it's not your business who it's I had not. sex with yeah. in a who dark room. Who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> no, but anybody, if, if you, you know, if, if you ran into somebody who maybe knew you when you were dating a, a woman and then they're like, oh, I'm so glad you finally came okay, out. I've, it's like, never, well, I've never done any of I know, those things. I know. You're yeah. even C-section? <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Yeah, nowhere near touched platinum. <laughs> I came out. It was like the birth of Venus. I stood up and I was like, "You guys, pass me a rope, please." I have a friend who's very proud that he's never touched one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have, and I like it. Ew, so chills. I mean, I know and right. I, I'm, I know you don't mean I your mean, own. You know, I mean, I mean, why not my own? Also, I mean, is there a yeah, problem? I meant not your own only. Okay, I was about to say, but anyways, let's. <laughs> be re- we're not here about my stories. That was last week. Uh, yeah. Um, I, mean, <laughs> <ew>. <laughs> I like to see you cringe. You it's never actually. You never. Thing. You never actually shared your like love trailing um, um, stories, but we're not gonna do that like, now. Like, you know what? This is about my show right now. Yeah, this is about this. Okay. So. Did you enjoy it? Did oh. you yes. enjoy it? Oh, yeah. With girls? Yeah. <laughs> totally. I, I just, like, bumped into my mic. Um, okay. The shock. The shock. Is the silences today are shocking silences, not NPR silences. Yeah, yeah it's not I, not I just NPR really enjoy sex. If I'm, if I'm attracted to someone, I like just having sex Wow, so sex positive. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's mm. it. Um, speaking of ridiculous conversations and things, what is the most ridiculous thing have y- that you ever shot? Oh, you're red. <laughs> oh, you're red. <laughs> the most ridiculous thing I've ever shot. Yeah, that you just look at it and you go, oh, my God, this is so ridiculous. I saw I him taking a picture. a picture of you earlier. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Because um, as a street photographer, I mean, you're always oh, okay. looking. Right? I mean, there's, I don't know if they're ridiculous. There's, there's things that I've shot where I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. And it, it's not, like, I shoot a lot of, you know, weird performances and stuff like that, but that's that's fine. I remember one day I was in Washington Square Park and um, Tick and Tack, who have been performing in, in the in the park for years mm-hmm. uh, were performing. And I noticed that they were trying to get the crowd to sit on the other side. They, especially when the, in the winter or the colder months, they, when they were performing the fountain, they were trying to get everyone to sit on a different side. And I was like, what's happening over here? And I noticed there was this woman. Um, I don't know if she was on drugs. I don't know if she was a, a prostitute. I don't know what was happening, but she was feeling it. Like she was b- practically nude with a bottle of champagne oh and a sh- long leather <laughs> belt around her neck. And she was just dancing with like, pretty much like just gauze on and, and it was like just so crazy Ridiculous. looking because i was like <laughs> and so tick and tack were trying to get everyone to s- like so that the kids and everybody weren't like looking at her because she was just dancing to the and it was it, i got a great shot and it was kind of <laughs> fabulous but it was like it was just because like broad daylight it was one of those moments where like is this really happening she stole the show like what is she and she, yeah, she and they finally like sat her down so she felt like she was in the show because she really wanted to like get in there and she just had like nothing on and she yeah champagne bottle long leather like neck i don't know i guess it was a belt i don't she uh. was feeling it so Good for her so i don't know awesome. if it's ridiculous I, but i do i like when i have those moments 
where I see something like that. And that's why I always have my camera on me because I really hate missing a moment. Like, a, you know, a, there's a moment that it, there was this, um, in a snowstorm, these nuns came out of church with a bunch of kids and one nun pelted a kid with a snowball. And I like always annoyed <laughs> me that I missed that shot because I was like, damn, that was so good. Well, at least they don't use paddles anymore. <laughs> On that note. Did you have that? No, I did not. Did really? you? Really? Is that what shaped you? Anyways, mm, you want to take a song break Mother now? Mary, yeah. <laughs> I can't stand you. <laughs> Is that where your tendencies came from? Yes. Yules. Oh, yes. look at this. Yes. Imperial Teen. Yeah. Speaking of, you're the one. So Imperial Teen is the band, I assume, because yes. it's in blacks. Yes. Um, but also and Dusty, you're the one is... <laughs> Dusty also picked this one. Oh, is this a, is this the more um, punk punky one? That first one Queer was. indie pop. Oh, okay. This is, this is the more alt rock <laughs> one. Oops, sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, Kay. this is a queer indie pop alt... alt Alt rock man. Oh my god. Okay, play it. Hit it. Oh, hello, hello. Welcome back. Welcome back to Rainbow Nuts NYC. 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 We're here with the Dusty Rebel. With the D, Dusty the Rebel. The Dusty not Rebel. A. The one. I didn't the say only. A. I said the, the only. The only one. Any other Dusty Rebel they're you see online, they're, they're all fake. Fake, all fake of them. motherfuckers. All yes. of them. Yes. yes. 
excuse my exactly. language. It's, it's all right. Oh, it's she encourages okay. cursing here on no. air. Listen, cursing is. Well, I got 15 minutes only... to drop a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> cursing That's is right. the only way to get out the anger before beating someone to a pulp. So, fuck. Is it? Yes. Are you kidding me when you're angry? I don't get angry. You're a liar. But you get cranky, so you do. I, but she thinks I'm cranky all the time. I curse all the time. I think it's really important. Yeah, it is. Thank you very much. Especially I, in front of children. I, yeah. I only dish you gotta learn them. somehow. <laughs> <laughs> it's better when their parents are around. Oh, I've I mean, gotten yelled at by parents. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, get the fuck out of here. You're in Brooklyn. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Oh my God! Your kid is growing up. The double stroller. Throw. Yeah. Oh my God! Shut up. <laughs> the double stroller parent. And one time, uh, this is such a like off the topic, but one time this woman told me to watch my language, and I was on the phone with my mother, and and my <laughs> mother's like, "What the fuck did she just say to you? <laughs> <laughs> put her on the phone. Fuck her." <laughs> did you put her on the phone? No, I, I don't want to talk to anybody more than I have to. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you just mind your own business. That's how you get cut. Yeah. Shut up. It's true. You that's never know. That's how you know. know he's a real New Yorker when you he says, know. you're going to get cut. Yeah, you don't cut. talk to strangers. You're going to get stitches. Is someone annoying okay? you? Move cars. Yeah. You, don't, you just don't talk to that's them. That's it. That's no. all. All right, gangsta. All right. All right, gangsta. The OG. <laughs> the OG. The OG. Dusty <laughs> Rebel. <laughs> Or all do right, people not gangsta. say the OG anymore? No, they do. Okay. That's really old school. Though. Okay. Uh, I like that. Really? Is yeah. it back? It's no. so old, it's back? Yeah, it's back now. Yeah. We've Is decided. It? Yeah. yeah. Right now, yeah. we've okay, decided. Cool. Yeah. We're starting a trend. What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually had to look it up the first time. Thank God for the internet because kids Thank come God up with all Google. these acronyms oh, now yeah, that I'm just it. like, what? Keep what up is with that? It's like NSFWH5. What? I, I couldn't come up with anything. When my mother that, sent me a message, this is not funny, but my mother sent me a message, an email that my, this is not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> my grandmother was about to die. Oh, She's wow. like, Grandma doesn't have much time. LOL. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was, like, so I was like, Mom, why would you write that? And she's like, Lots of love. Yes. <laughs> that is so funny. I was like, Mom, it means, well, most people use it to mean laugh out loud. You just basically said grandma's gonna die. Ha 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 ha. That's right. When so when the you know when the oh something God. happened in Japan. I think it was the earthquake and like a lot of people died, and somebody like someone's mother that I used to work with did the same thing. It's like all oh, those poor people in Japan. Lol. L O L. And we were like, what the fuck? All right, people, you need to check your acronyms, please. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, all right. I can't. All right, let's. I I love Jules. <laughs> I don't know. She she always mis like misspells lol, and she, she it's like lop. Yeah. It says L O P. And I, like I first time why. I was also like what? So it's it's like we're texting and she's like L O P. It's like lop lop. I don't even know lop. how that happened. It was a, I don't know. Check. But something now your phone or, corrects it to yeah, that, my phone, right? Yeah, my phone corrects it to I don't know why. So I really don't. It, all the time is like lop. Oh lop. my god. <laughs> oh, that was too funny. <laughs> um, Dusty, let's 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 really bring it, bring it back. Okay? Let's, let's bring go. It back. Let's go deep. Bring now. it back. All right. Ooh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> push out a little. So, talk to us about your documentary. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, so let's see. My documentary. So for several years now, uh, where should I start? How about this? In the a couple of yeah, in the beginning, <laughs> several years ago, I was in uh, Paris and Ooh, la, la. yes, and there's an artist there who was Brazilian uh, who had been living uh, in Paris for years. Just kidding. Brazilians are a little annoying. Oh, Soriana, you can beat him up, all right? Just I'm everyone. I'm sorry. <laughs> just everyone thinks that they're so beautiful. They're they just such a so stereotype. Beautiful. Anyways, stop Go it. Go ahead. Please. Sorry. This one Tangent, here. I know. Nice. Better. <laughs> you got scolded by one. So I was in Paris, and there was an artist, Soriani, who was originally from Brazil, living in Paris, and he was doing these huge, beautiful, uh, hand-painted wheat paste of drag queens all mm. over the streets of Paris. Um, and I was like, holy shit, who's doing like giant jinx monsoons and like all these crazy like drag queens everywhere. So I immediately obviously wrote him and we became actually pretty good friends really quickly. And it made me start to think about overtly queer work in the street and how there was really it seemed like there wasn't a lot of it, particularly in New York. Um, you know, New York is like this birthplace of street art and all this kind of stuff and, and this major city and we don't really necessarily have a lot of it mm -hmm. and so it just started making me start thinking about uh work that's really queer in its content mm -hmm. um and a lot of the pioneers of street art in the 70s and 80s 
were queer people. So it made me kind of wonder, like, are there people doing it? How much is there? Where are the artists? Why is it so marginalized? Um, why is it even mar it's marginalized in the street art community? So um, there's a lot of questions that kind of came up about it for me. And so I started to do a lot of research. And over the years, um, originally it was going to be a book. And the first thing I wanted to do was find out how much there was. So I basically created this crazy um, database of every queer street artist I could find from mm -hmm. around the world. And then when I felt like I had enough information that there was enough of them, and then I started writing them and building a relationship with them, decided I was going to do, originally it was going to be a book, and then I thought, well, this is actually really interesting, and I really want to make a film about this. So last year, I went to Europe for a month and filmed the European section of the film, going around and meeting with various artists and kind of capturing what they're doing, why they're doing it, and now I have to keep going. Awesome. Wow, such an archiver. Yeah. You like archive everything and then you start like making magic it, out of it. It's really it's really necessary when you're documenting um, film, especially because you're doing it in like so many different parts to have all this archive. Because if you don't, then you get lost. Well, and, and I don't have a giant budget, right? So I don't yeah. have I'm doing everything. I'm, I'm directing. I, I did. I, I brought on a really uh, amazing cinematographer who Ooh. I'm really very happy that it worked out well because we only knew each other actually like maybe three days we only met each other three times before we went to Europe for 30 s days together oh my god what if you hated them I know whoa that would have been scary that would have sucked <laughs> I do not hide it so uh, <laughs> well if you need an intern let me know so but you know you when you hit the ground in a city you need to be like every day we were we shot for you know if we were in Europe for 30 31 days we literally shot every single day wow. and you know you have to you, you have to just go every moment at, whether if I'm not shooting you know b-roll then you have to like figure out where, you, where the artists are and you need and you can't just land in a, a city and not have built a relationship with the artist because you only I usually have a lot more time to get to know an artist and kind of feel where they're coming from so when this trip I really had to hit the ground running with every artist and I had to, mm, it was really important that they felt comfortable with me yeah. because you're, you're want them to be open with you. You want mm -hmm. them to, and you really want them to be open when you're talking about your uh, personal identity and how that affects your work. Mm -hmm. You really want to make sure people feel they can talk to you in an open way. Yeah. And yeah. I have to say, I was really amazed with what came out of this trip, uh, reviewing the footage and going over it. The artists were so open. They were so honest they were they articulated why they were making certain kinds of work and why it was important and it i was kind of blown away with what they mm -hmm. gave me because i didn't necessarily expect it or you know when you're dealing with artists that maybe you're doing really um uh, crazy uh, homoerotic images for example so there was an artist in copenhagen edith who paints full trains with like sea of cum with dicks and assholes and cum spewing out of assholes and it's just what's that i know it's crazy <laughs> and it's like but it's like kind of cartoonish and colorful and, and playful but it's like holy shit yeah. that's crazy like yeah. that is cr like, you were illegally painting a full train with a sea of cum and assholes like floating around with like dick it's 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 crazy but you know i'm not going to give away what he has to say about his work but he had a really a great uh, reasons for why he was doing this work and what it was about and you know uh, it made me really kind of uh, it was interesting to explore all different things from silent homophobia mm -hmm. to uh, you know the, the film explores obviously gender in street art it explores uh, sexuality and homoeroticism and it explores politics um, and it'll explore the history of of queer people of queer street art um, and I'm learning so much. I, I basically spend when you when I'm not being the dusty road. There really isn't. I, I spend most of my day researching and reading and, and trying to catch up on you know find anything and find anybody new that may have popped up. And so <coughs> we have five minutes. We have five minutes. Five minutes. I, I do have a two part question though. Okay. So Make it quick. the first <laughs> the first part of the question is in your journey around Europe, what was the best place in your opinion that had the best uh, queer art? And um, how does queer art um, aid in the resistance as well? Of what? So. Politics, dude. 
politics. The patriarchy. Yeah. Each each city that I went to was a little different. So in each city, I was focusing on usually one artist. There's not a lot of these artists, so that's mm-hmm. the thing. There's not like there's the thousands and thousands of these people. Uh, so each art, each city, I kind of focused on one or maybe two artists. I'll say what I actually found most interesting is how often I would go to a city and talk to people who were very much had their pulse on the, the local street art scene. Mm-hmm. And I would say like, you know, who do you, who are the queer street artists here? Do you know of any queer? And sometimes they wouldn't necessarily know of anything, but then I'd walk around, for example, in London, I could walk around like Shoreditch and I kept finding stuff that weren't on my radar already because if, if, if someone's not documenting it, then it doesn't, right? Uh, yeah, Does it, it exist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it exists, but like you don't know, you can't find it, right? Exactly. And the other thing that I find very interesting is if it's not a giant rainbow or something that's, that people know it's screaming gay in some way, mm-hmm. then people don't know our codes. They don't know our language. Yeah. And so straight people may not necessarily see our art or understand what the art is, whereas we can walk by it perhaps and we're like, we, we see the, the symbols that are in this art and we know, we're like, okay, what's going on here? So for, okay, the drag queens, for example, if you don't know who Jinx Monsoon is, if you don't know who those queens are, you just think it's a big tall woman Pretty woman on the <laughs> yeah. corner, right? Yeah. That's the thing. It's like people <laughs> would really make feet. They're like, <laughs> you know, wow, there's this really, there's a really pretty lady on the corner. But like, <laughs> so if we shoulders. know our queens, we know who these who these drag queens are. We're like, holy shit, you know. So that to me, I don't know if any city had was actually better than the other. They're very, they're all very different. Cool. Yes, Jules. There's, it's not like better or worse. It's just different. I'm not saying. I said in. I mean, well, like Copenhagen doesn't have a lot of street art, for example. So Copenhagen was very much so the the guy there was does is spray based graffiti stuff. It's very much more of a graffiti based um, city. You don't have a thousand. It's not a media. You know, you have tons of people with Instagram stuff, and there's not a lot of wheat paste and proper street art. It's Mm -hmm. more tags and and graph based. They're hitting trains. They're hitting illegal spots. It's illegal graffiti, not necessarily. You know, capitals. That's the most fun, though. Yeah. Last words. Last words. Tell us something to close the show. And advice that you want to give to aspiring street photographers. I know. What what, what do you say to your students? I mean, you don't have to tell us what you say to your students, (laughs) but. You know, I think you need to, you, I, I, I would say explore and don't feel the necessary, don't feel the need to share what you're exploring until you found your voice. I think that's one of the problems with social media now is that people are exploring their art in the open, which is great. But the downside is that you're exploring your art in the open and you're not necessarily finding mm-hmm. what it is you're interested in doing. And so for me, I was very lucky that I could spend years off the grid figuring out what I was interested in and how I wanted to shoot it. And so I think that, you know, don't be afraid to explore as an artist of any type and not necessarily put it out there yet until you feel what you're doing is 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 more authentic to what you're interest what you really want to do. Um, that's what I would say. I think a lot of people just run around. They want to feed the machine, the social media yeah. machine. Get the likes. They want the likes. The likes. You know, Ugh. there's so much of that, and it's Ugh. it's just. I I want to see people make interesting art because they're really making it for for a reason. Yeah, yeah. we need it. We need it. And Dusty, where <coughs> excuse me, where can we find you? I am everywhere. I'm on Instagram as Dusty Rebel. Uh, There's a Dusty Rebel Facebook page. There's you can go to my website, thedustyrebel.com, and you can find me on whatever platform you enjoy being on. Twitter, Tumblr. Yeah, Uh, some I update more than other. Then, uh, because you know, I I I don't have like I need a staff. It's too much. (laughs) Just too too much, much. but not a staff infection. Yeah, and then the algorithm is like, why even post on Facebook? No one ever sees anything. But you know, whatever. Yeah, but you can find you can find me everywhere. It's out there. It's yeah, out there. It's, it's out, there. out there. You can find links to um, Dusty's Dusty's uh, social media in yep. our social media. You can yes. Rainbow Notes NYC. Yes, you can find us on all of the mediums. Not all of them. All kind most of, of them. All of them. The ones yeah. that matter. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, oh, we should get a Tumblr. You can do the Tumblr. I'm not doing. I don't that. know how to do Tumblr. <laughs> I don't know anything. Dusty. Dusty, Our thank you so off. much. Thank you, that went by so fast. I wish that we could keep you here, but we can't. I know, can. I'm sad, although yeah. it's hot as fuck. I know. So like I got another effing. Hey. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> no, seriously, it's 88 fucking degrees. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> yes, it is. And he never took his sweater off. We're very no. disappointed, we are but disappointed, we're bringing him back, you know. <laughs> perhaps. Maybe. If in he, a bathing suit. If, if he were <laughs> want to come back and speak to us again. In a thong. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Dusty, thank you so much again for yeah. taking Thank you, time. Dusty. Yeah. And, uh, and thank you to all you, our listeners worldwide. Yeah, worldwide. You always that was that. Jules, and yeah. I am Gabriel. 
and we're out. Hi, hi, howdy, howdy, hi, hi. Well, everyone is minus, you could call me multiply. Just so you know, yes, yes, I'm that guy. You could give five fingers and I'm not waving high. Yes, I'm never ending. You could call me pie. But really, how long till the world realize? Yes, yes, I'm the best. Fuck what you heard. Anything less is... Obviously, I'm sorry. It is good to burn. More like an eagle. This is my movie. Stay tuned for the sequel. Seems so wrong. Seems so illegal. Got this in the back like a foul ball free throw. Yep, yep, you know that I go. This is me on the regular, so you know. I come with the tip, with the blow, with the boom And if you're in my way, there's nothing but doom Ain't got no time for your ratchet ass goons And just settle down, listen to my tunes Ever since I was eight, I was attached to the mic Wanted a guitar before I wanted a fight Had an apple phone, fuck a Fisher Price Never seen a song cause I'm up all night Really, really? Really, really? You wanna talk shit, but you know that I am really Really to the fullest You can call me cancer, no more talk choice Cause I'm the only answer Ain't got no wallet, only use your advance You know my trick is right because there's a mega dance You wanna get Sing it low.